Welcome, everyone. This is yours truly, Mac on the Rock. I'm still on the Rock. The Rock is Kibiscade, WSQF 94.5. I have a special show today. It's not my normal, you know, run-of-the-mill show where I just blather all day. Uh, this show is about reminiscing, uh, very dear to me, because uh, the Charter Writing Commission uh, started writing a charter that uh, was long overdue for us as a community. And uh, this was back in 1991. On June 18th of 1991, the voters approved the charter, and then we had 120 days to write the charter. And I have with me uh, Betty Sim Conway. Can I still say Sim? Because that's how I know you, Betty Sim. Conroy. Huh? Conroy, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I said Conway. No, that's that other guy uh, up in D.C. (laughs) And Ed Sawyer, how are you? Very good. Okay, so now I have you guys live on the air, and uh, I... I think the timing is right because every 10 years now we, we you know, revis- you have a look at the charter. I'm, a, you know, now I'm 57 years old, so I'm an old guzzard and I don't want to change the charter at all. And I know there's some concerns that you all have, and you probably share them only with yourselves, really, because the keys change so much. Uh, I would like to see that the charter doesn't get changed. I believe it was changed uh, once in uh, 2017, I believe it was. Or was it seven, 2007? Well, they they had one, two, three, four charter revision committees. You were on one. One. I was on two. So they And there were some changes along the way, but I don't think anything monumental. <laughs> they were mostly, uh, we'll call them cleanup changes to just right. deal with administrative issues that uh, as time passed everybody realized there were just some inefficiencies and they were just to correct those right uh, some some things of that so they made they they made sense you does that mean that you all were in an agreement with them or does it mean that they were just a natural that's you know they they saw an inefficiency and they fixed it yes i would say that describes it Mm. (laughs) okay so now do you believe that there are new ideas that you guys would like to see uh uh, moving forward, before we reminisce to the past of how it all started, what actually was the temperament, um, is there anything that you would, you, I mean, I personally like the curb cut idea. Uh, I've always was big on curb cuts. I have, I have a younger brother, Ernie, who moved off the key years ago, and I remember going to Bay Point, and when you go into his community, you see every every lot with curb cut, but I don't like the elevation of the road. So it's kind of a problem because the water's going to go right into the properties. And here am I saying this, and I'm on the condo side now for the first time in my life. So uh, well, it's one of those. they're discussing that now because it's become, on Cyprus, it's become a big problem. Yeah. But we uh, don't want to get diverted. That's a whole <laughs> Okay. Now, the, uh, we're, we're live on the air, but I'm having um, a moment here because you're not hearing yourselves, are you? You all are hearing yourselves, so it's just no. me. No, I'm not. You're not uh, hearing yourself. No. Well, anyway, uh, it's driving me crazy now because I had a tutorial just just as, just today, in fact, and this is not supposed to be happening to me. But we're on the air, so everybody's listening. Now, when we reminisce back in 1991, uh, since we were pretty much a divided community, uh, as I said earlier, uh, well, actually, you meant it more accurate. We only won by 500 votes. Uh, for our incorporation, it was 67%, 67.5% actually. No, that was for the, the charter. Approving the final charter. That was for the the vote on the charter was 67%. The the previous vote, which was really the tough vote. The, t- the tight one. Yeah, w- w- there were many more voters. Over okay, 67 for the voting of the municipal charter after we already voted to incorporate. Yes. Okay, so that's, that's quite positive. That means you wrote an excellent charter. <laughs> excellent. Okay, but... What did you find was so controversial about the original uh, succeeding, you know, succeeding from the county? Was it just that, or was it? Uh, you, you tell me, uh, Manny. I would say uh, there were many different points of view, but there were a lot of people who were simply afraid of change. You know, you had a system which was the unincorporated municipal service district of the county that was on some level working and there were people who were concerned that if it if if that were jettisoned that things would not work as well 
Um, like they would we be broke in a couple years. Uh, there were there were. I remember Mary Schulman. <laughs> she said we'd be broke in two years. Yeah, three there, years. Were, there were there <laughs> were fiscal concerns, but I think uh, you know anybody who understands the tax base of Key Biscayne knew that ultimately money was never going to be an issue. The, uh, an issue out here. So, uh, was everybody on board of being completely independent? Fire, police, service, it was all go. Everybody wanted total no, separation. No, absolutely not in the beginning. It, okay. uh, as Ed just said, many people on the key were terribly afraid of incorporation. It, it had been almost a, a nasty word. And uh, it, it started with the Citizens for Responsive Government. Your uh, Bill Corsdale. Dick Cromarty. And Don Berg. And Don Berg. And also... Oh, Hel Helen White. Helen White was a secretary, and I feel like she hasn't gotten enough recognition for all the work she's done, you know, mostly in the background, but... Um, yeah, she's in our hearts uh, this week, yes, actually. Everybody's... Yes. Uh, as well as Clifford Brody. Right. We might sure. as well mention my dad, and we might as well mention <laughs> Ray Sullivan. Absolutely. All yeah, wonderful so. pioneers, yes, yes. But so, at any rate, the people out here uh, were terribly afraid, so... We had the elected council that had no power, no taxing authority. And uh, <clears throat> our job really was to educate and to tell what was going on because people didn't know what was going on. And we really worked with the Islander and even with the Miami Herald to find out how the county was really treating us. I remember calling the Public Works Department said, what do you have planned for Key Biscayne for the next uh, two or three years? And they said, we don't have anything planned, nothing. So we were getting, not getting our money, you know, back at all. But, but. Um, I remember that one police officer, Metro Day, and every once in a while you would see, of course, us key rats, we loved not seeing police officers. But, you know, it, at night, it was we were alone, basically. But at any rate, the job of that council, after the first two years, we had an election and put on the ballot, do you want us to study incorporation? And it was a resounding yes, because they'd been hearing now what was really going on. So for that last two years of that existence of that council, all we did was educate. And like you say, and like Ed said, the money was there. But people couldn't believe it. They're like, how could we build a whole, you know, offices and a fire station and a community center there's just no way that just really can't happen Without, and, had, and it also had been 50 years since anybody in Dade County had succeeded from Dade County absolutely absolutely since so they weren't too crazy about us leaving because they knew no. it was going to turn into a domino effect of other cities That's right. and the, the lack of any uh, track record if you will was what caused a lot of people to uh, be really be afraid of just the concept of incorporation what I what I don't understand that the naysayers were saying at the time was why would what's the alternative to you know go down to Dade County Commission and not be heard? I mean they look at you with this face like, whoopie do, keep on complaining. It's kind of like parents at school boards, whoopie do, you know. Well, the zoning was a major issue, and on, on this little uh, non-powerful council that that was working so hard, the main thing we did was was fighting the developers because they wanted to put two hotels the size of the Fontainebleau, you know, one on each of the- The remaining Grand Bay Club and, and Ocean Club. Ritz-Carlton is now, plus about 850 condos. So the island would have just sunk on that side. And we had the whole, all of us, the village with t-shirts down, and we got nowhere because the Dade County Commission, we weren't enough votes for them to care about us. Yeah, so, whoopie do. Here we go. <laughs> so that was. That well, that's was, very fun for the village of the the new owners here. That as much as they like to bark, I'm not really an anti-development person in any regard. But as much as they want to bark about how commercialized we are, the truth is it could have been worse had we not incorporated. Oh, it would have been way worse. Terrible. It would have been really. Yeah, one thing that the only me, thing that saved <clears throat> us really was the economy. The economy sank, so they didn't couldn't afford to build those things, or they, they would have been built. Yeah, I remember that our Fourth of July parade used to be down the main highway, <laughs> main highway to Key Biscayne Hotel and Villas. What was it, what was that street called? That just went straight down to the hotel to the old Key Biscayne Hotel and Villas. It was just a it was I believe Enid. It. it would because it, I don't know it must have erased. They had to erase it to build Ocean Club. But I remember specifically our Fourth of July parade going down that way instead of Crandon, <laughs> and we were all just. 
bunch of jalopies, you know, screaming. Well, going pictures. back a little history, Servando Parampar and I tried very hard to have an oceanfront road there because it would have relieved Crandon so much. Yes. But we lost that battle. You can't win them all. But they uh, yeah, because of the put developments. They yeah, cut because off the, the developments obviously didn't want that. They wanted the gated community, which we thought breaks up the key. Isn't really what the key's about. But we didn't win. They they now, obviously won. Do you do you all feel that the moment uh, that that the county was willing to vote on it to allow us to even vote on our incorporation was the fact that they already permitted Ocean Club in Grand Bay and that they said well. Let the let the people talk now, or is that just my opinion? I I really uh, have no idea on that, and, and it never, at least in my experience, came up as an issue. Um, I think I think by the time at least I started to focus on it, and I know a lot of people did, it was already almost uh, a certainty that it was going to be uh, allowed if if the uh, community chose to proceed. Um, wow, that's well, interesting. Well, not only that, there was a pending lawsuit. Mm. Mm, that's what I'm looking for because yes. I don't know these things. I Gene Stearns had had a lawsuit all prepared based on uh, only how many commissioners lived in the air, in in the municipality and this kind of thing, and it was just sitting out there. And if they hadn't let us go ahead, he was ready to file. And of course, they knew that. Oh, okay. So that's uh, that helped. Yeah, us a lot. I never. Uh, I'm so happy uh, I, you connected that dot for me because although I knew that Gene was working hard on behalf of, the, I, I, I guess, keep us for responsive government and the council later, uh, I didn't know the gist of what the threat was, where the leverage was. So the fact that no county commissioners were living on the key meant that we were not being represented. Taxation without representation. Yeah. That's, that's, in essence, that's, that's it. The, in essence. Because he went on to fight other battles for other cities as yes, well. Yes, he certainly did. They, they, they called upon him a lot for his, his yeah. knowledge about all Okay, that. Gene, I plugged you. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we also have to, uh, now is the perfect time for you to recognize uh, Mr. Stuart Ames. Yes, one thing I really wanted to do, uh, there's a lot of unsung heroes in Key Biscayne, and I think Stuart Ames is definitely one of them because... He was our lawyer, as Ed knows, and he did so much of the research, very thorough research, comparing other municipalities, trying to decide what form of government was best for us. So by the time he brought it to us, it was vetted. In a it way. was vetted. It was well, we vetted. We had a really nice template to, that we started with. Uh, and, and as you said, nobody on the Charter Writing Commission had written a charter before. Yeah, and really. Certainly, That's and, right. And there really wasn't any... Uh, really any Florida um, you know experiences that we could look to uh, I don't recall sort of where he started but when we started we had a draft and it was a uh, to call it a form is is probably not no really template fair. probably best you know section one to start with and so that created for us in effect an index that we could go through uh, and maybe 10 or 20 percent of it uh, I would say we ended up crafting, if you will, provisions that we thought were uh, reflective of the unique nature of the community. Now, um, when you guys would draft this, would you send it out to the community for feedback, and then when you guys would meet again, you would talk about it, or you just shared it among yourselves? Because you guys didn't do this in one day. You did it over the We had 20 meetings. Yes, yeah. 20 meetings. And, and I believe they were all uh, played over the local cable channel. Uh, yeah. They, they videotaped. Yeah. Channel 77. 77. Yeah. And but we, we did not send them out. No. We had uh, a handful of, of people. At the at uh, elementary school cafeteria. Uh, Auditorium. Or no. Where, where did we meet? Where did we meet? Remember. I honestly can't I remember. Thought, uh, that, that's I thought it was the cafeteria at the elementary school. Well, yeah. we did. The, the, the council the uh, council that had no power, you know, the yeah. elected council, we met there. Oh, okay. But, but I can't remember where the Charter Writing Committee met. I honestly don't recall either. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. The only memory I have personally is my father coming home with a, uh, uh, a deep cough, and he was complaining that some very bright lights were on him the whole night, and he was in a suit. Mm -hmm. And he got a, he got a cold, and he already had the diabetes. So I remember that drama as family. Hmm. But I, I always thought so I always video. assumed it was the community's, uh, you know, uh, K8 Center Auditorium and Cafeteria. 
<laughs> because there was room for people to... We really should look that up. Maybe it's in the archive somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. Wow, in- interesting. Now, there, there was there any uh, arguments? Can that- I say one thing? Drew? Sure. Just about, uh, first of all, people might wonder how we became the Charter Writing Committee. And the Dade, Dade County actually appointed us. And Ed, I hope I'm not going to embarrass you, but Ed was opposed to incorporation. So I thought it was so wonderful that they picked someone because there are over a thousand voters that voted against incorporation. So it was certainly anti-cancel culture. <laughs> in no, other but, words, your voice should have been heard in, yes. a, in a charter writing commission. Yes. So I thought that was very Admirable. smart of them. Very real, smart real, of them. Real democracy too. That's very pure democracy. Everybody putting their integrity right. on the line. And do you know who appointed you from the commission? Or No, I don't. So how does it, uh, they just submitted names and then they voted yes, no, yes, no, yes, no? I honestly don't know how they did it. Do we, you, Ed? No, uh, we never did understand. I never did know what the inner workings of it were. Wow. Uh, but on some, and at some level, they made a decision and the five names were announced. And That's we it. That was it. Process. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So, uh, was well, there ever a time? You, you'd asked about, you know, were there ever any arguments? Um, and I really, I mean, we had disagreements on policy, if you will, but not arguments. I don't think that, I actually thought it was a very collaborative group. Um, I actually, your father being one of the people, made a, a group of new friends, which yeah. was, was quite nice. Very cool. Uh, and, you know, Betty, Betty mentioned um, Stuart Ames. Stuart was always a calming influence. I mean, even when yes. we had, um, you know, d- disagreements on on a policy issue, Stuart would 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 sort of take uh, devil's the, advocate. The, he would take the floor and oh. say, "Okay, there's this position, there's this position, there are these pros and these cons on these two positions," and it was a very nice. It was he was a very good facilitator uh, on some of the things. Um, the one I remember in particular was the debt cap. Um, you know, there were, uh, and I don't even, I'm not even sure where that stands right now, other than I know it had to be, uh, was one of the reasons they had the vote on the, uh, hundred million bonding money. Yeah, exactly. And, um, uh, you know, there were, there were, there was one view was, you know, we really should have that because everybody should have a say if we're going to borrow money, which is a, certainly a logical position to take. And the other one was, well, you know, we're going to elect a council and they're going to elect a manager and we should let them govern, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, that's just the one I remember that, uh, again, there were no arguments, but there were uh, strongly held views on what was a, a better I figure my dad would prefer to take it to the electors than allow the governing body to just that sounds like a Congress. Just print yeah. money away, you know, just, just spend money. And I don't remember what anybody's position was. Position was, I don't either, actually. <laughs> but ultimately. Well, you guys all decided to limit it. So yeah, we had, did. You had so that, yeah, about we that. favored that. Yeah. And it, I still favor that. That 1% is still <laughs> very important because that 1% is more. Yeah. Which is but, more but, than it was back in 1991. Yeah, the, the, the sort of mechanics of the debt cap that exists in the charter today uh, was effectively a. Uh, a way that we brought everybody together. And I think it got unanimous support. Maybe, maybe a negative vote or so. I don't even recall. But, um, but again, I, I just, you know, w- one of my points and that I wanted to make, and Betty's already made it, was to, uh, you know, give a, uh, you know, a shout out to Stuart because he was he was instrumental in just making it Definitely. the process work well. What I find uh, uh, very um, cordial, very gentlemanlike, was that both Gene and Stuart. Stayed out of the politics after incorporation. They never really. Uh, I know that uh, Mr. Ames did participate in one of the revision committees, but uh, the very fact that they didn't get elected and get into the the part that's kind of um, sticky to say the least is to be political out here in Key Biscayne. It's very it's very touchy. <laughs> People have super opinionated. Me being one of them, I don't exclude myself, but uh, probably explains why I don't think I'd ever I could ever get elected. But uh, <laughs> It's a situation where uh, two people who led in this regard say, my time's up, uh, let the city grow on its own and get elected and stuff like that. It's very admirable uh, because there are a lot of times that people of high intellect, I saw that recently with Gene and when we were before Regalado over the renovation of the Rickenbacker, he was 
you know, his recall was fantastic. He remembered a lot of the details of the stuff that he had, re, you know, reviewed, researched, whatever, and was able to just blurt them out to a group of 30 or 40 people that were present. And Raquel Regalado, our representative, get got it. This is our driveway. This is not a park. This is not a bicycle run. This is a way we get home. And you able, you got to hammer that point through articulation and legal prose. And this is a bonafide example of the beauty of our incorporation is that we're just, we're really cool. You know, we're a real cool city. We're very intelligent. Obviously, we're affluent. And we like to solve our problems. And we've been able to absorb our demographics changing, you know. Um, I don't know how Head feels about that and you as well. I'm sorry, uh, I did not mention, I just forgot. Uh, Luis Laredo was going to be here today and he just uh, didn't feel up to it. He uh, he told me that, uh, you know, another day. And uh, Luis, if you're listening, uh, that doesn't mean you get to do this by yourself on your own. Now you, I just got to convince the other two to come again. Um, I'm hoping that you... Uh, uh, I'll feel better at some other time. Uh, I almost forgot that part. Uh, when when we think about uh, looking at the charter every 10 years, is it necessary every decade? To have the review yeah. uh, commission? I think that's fairly standard practice uh, in communities that have charter form of government. Uh, I don't think that every 10 years they need the, the revision commission needs to come up with Something just for the sake of it. But I, I think it's always a good idea to get a, a, a call it a fresh look or another look at it. Um, I just feel I just feel the decade is a sh it's short because our sometimes our community changes entirely in ten years from the countries, the people. Well, we did do it every five years. We did do it. This is the longest, but they did it because they felt like they hadn't had a whole lot of things that needed to be changed, so they they made it the ten years. Yeah, that, that clarity, uh, the audience really appreciates that because I didn't know that. Uh, five years, my God, that that's too hectic, man. <laughs> that, that everybody throws in an opinion before you know you don't have a, a different charter. I know that state of Florida, I think, does it every 25 years, and that's a nightmare because they they mess with our Constitution big time. Florida Constitution is a mess. I mean, there's class size amendments never been applied, yet it's in our Constitution. They never got to it. You can't possibly do it. It's, you know, you got to. You'd have to have double the amount of public schools in order to accommodate the overcrowding that naturally occurs with reproduction of your community. So here, I just think that we should do the same. I, my opinion is to not view the charter for at least 20 years. least. And yeah, I'd because I noticed this commission, well, they've only had one meeting, but they are, some of the things are the things that we spent a long time discussing back and forth, like how, 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 how um, people should run whether they should run for seats against say against one other person or run from the overall overall all of them run which is the way we do it and so some of the same discussions are coming up again, was that unanimous I, or bad. majority rule i think my father wanted districts wanted houses to vote for their electors and by precincts uh-huh uh, therefore i uh, at the time and i still do i believe that these are different types of voters, you know. Condos are really obsessed with sanitation service and noise and lighting on the street. And house people, green space, athletic fields, you know. A very different voter from the standpoint of municipality. Do you think the general at-large voting has accommodated us, Ed? Well, let me go back. I, what I recall about uh, ultimately uh, adopting that approach to the elections was... You know, we had just come through a, oh, a 12 or 24 month, however long period it was, of a rather, you know, contentious uh, campaign, if you will, for, you know, do we or don't we incorporate. And one of the things that uh, the Charter Writing Commission, I think, pretty much all agreed upon was if we could uh, structure our elections so that they were, uh, they had less, at least, potential to be confrontational right. so re as an act of reconciliation right. exactly that that like you against me yeah right. so you have uh you know however many people are running and they're running for uh i guess ultimately it's four seats every two years because it's the mayor plus plus three of the council members and and i think you know at that time that was uh really in the forefront of everyone's thinking 
And uh, I will say, I, I think it has worked pretty well. I don't recall I any of our elections being particularly, you know, personal as elections can get, particularly in a, in a small community uh, uh, basis. Um, uh, and you're, I, I think you're also absolutely right that there are different interests for the condominium uh, resident versus a single-family home resident. Also, um, beach renourishment is a condo issue. That uh, isn't necessarily a house there, issue. There are many, many, yeah. Uh, Although it should be a house issue because we all enjoy the beach, but you can yeah. see how that could be really mm-hmm. impacting to a condo owner, especially if they're footing up more money for the renourishment uh, of the beach yeah. than the houses per se. One thing uh, that uh, I don't know if this vision uh, group is going to consider, but there's something that's going on in terms of us sharing the pie. And the condo pe- the, con- uh, the houses are always asking for what the condo people say is a free ride. And I tell them that can't be so. Because although you guys are more on this side of, uh, on the eastern side of Crandon, all the commerce is on the western side of Crandon. Therefore, when we put these power lines under the ground, you don't want those people out. You don't want Winn-Dixie out. You don't want CVS out. And that's on the house side. And if they're forked to pay up that bill alone, it shouldn't be. It really has to be split among all of us because that's the answer right there. There's no more arguing. The residents are more, but man, the com- <laughs> the commerce is on this side. So pony up. I think up. they're going to have to really mediate and come to a conclusion, and maybe maybe some would pay a little bit more or something. Something, if possible, for everyone to agree upon because it is very touchy subject. Yeah, when it hits the bo- when it hits the pocketbook, <laughs> right. boy, the feelings get hard. Right, but right. the truth is, if you think about what I'm saying, there's no more argument because we all use. No pun intended, but the handyman, he does say the hardware store is also on this side, uh, western side of Crandon. You really don't want us to be out. Uh, I know when the storm comes, it's not pleasant to run a hardware store in the dark, man, because no inventory. I don't even know what goes on in the aisles. I'm, I, I base myself on honesty when they come to the register and all their stuff's in their hands, and I'm looking down at a yellow pad just to keep my inventory. God knows if I get that right, and I'm not, I, I don't press my, uh, my employees for that. Man, doing business in the dark really stinks. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, hopefully that's uh, going to be addressed. There's, are there any particular things that you could... Uh, I, I remember an animus between Dade County Fire Department and us building our own fire department. Oh, of course. Yeah, so please clarify that one, because I remember that being contentious. Well, they lost money. You know, we, we, we became independent and uh, took away. I remember the firemen during the election, they are out there picketing yes. against us forming our own fire department. So it was, all, all, once again, the money. It was prim- mon- primarily the union. Yeah, that was, that's it, right. It was not the uh, county administration of the fire department, but it was the union. They simply wanted to protect the uh, rather cushy jobs that they had out here at the firehouse. That's and, right. And they, they still operate that firehouse. Um, I, I think it's always amazed me that we haven't made a deal with the county to cover, you know, the parks for, for fire and... and, and uh, yeah, because they ask us to right. come out. Fire rescue. They ask it, us, yeah. the county asks um, us a lot to but, uh, save people on the beach. Yeah, but, but that was... Uh, an issue and and um, when you you kind of bring up the point of the you know the the money that was paid in through that municipal service tax for things like fire uh, from the Key Biscayne tax base was much greater than the cost of providing the service out here um, and one thing that has happened since uh, the village incorporated in Dade County is as municipalities have subsequently incorporated they pay an exit fee, in effect, uh, because the county knows that they're losing uh, a large. So they're penalizing people who are oh, see, communities that incorporate. Doral, they've all, they've all, it, right. in, in order to get their incorporations approved, they have negotiated some form of, of you know, continuation of payments to help sort of moderate, if you will, the impact of the decline in the countywide tax. Also, oh, that that could go on for years, decades. I, I don't know wow, the particulars cool. of them, but they've all, but they've been you know substantial uh, payments. 
But see, that we didn't have to do that because yeah. we were the first ones, and they weren't quite savvy enough. They didn't yeah. quite know how to deal That's with right. us. So we, well, when you look at it from a long-term perspective, yeah, if the if the unincorporated portion of Dade County shrinks into municipalities to the point where the county can't operate, uh, obviously our nation is pretty much based on, you know, counties. Well, it's actually we're reminiscing, so that music yeah. was good. <laughs> well, and and the other. Uh, sort of macro effect of incorporation is the only areas in the county that have incorporated are very affluent very high tax bases and so what that has done it, it has really uh, diminished the uh, the municipal service tax revenue basically the revenue that provides police and fire in the unincorporated parts of the county and so uh, you know from a sociological perspective uh, you know, the richer parts of the county have gotten richer. Key Biscayne is certainly yeah, an example. example of that. Yes. And the poor uh, parts of the of the community have gotten of the county have gotten poorer. Yeah, that's that's that, that's uh, it's, that's that's a harsh a harsh song to sing. I mean, it's mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, I'm of the believer of the less you give government, the more efficient it becomes. But if they're, if they're going to be inefficient and corrupt, no matter what. Then it's their it's their fight to deal with. I mean, I remember my experience with the school district back in 2013. I remember Governor Scott taking a billion dollars away from the Dade County public schools, and I remember going into that building to negotiate what I was doing, and I floor upon floor empty. And guess what? They took the best administrators and put them in the schools, that made better schools, Dade County public school, and I think he. I think he high-fived them. Uh, I don't know if it was the, the following fiscal year. He gave them $500 million back of the billion he originally took. And then they used that. But he didn't give them a billion. He gave them half. Like, you guys worked efficiently. So from that perspective, hey, man, <laughs> I'm really happy we incorporated. Now, is there anything in particular uh, how, the, uh, how the name The Village came up? Do you guys remember the beginning of that? I have one story. I don't know. I the got a village well, of Key Biscayne. The, the, the actual, yeah, the legal name is the village of right. Key Biscayne. Uh, I, what I recall, and I don't recall how it came up, but again, it was, you know, everybody spoke of the residential portion of Key Biscayne as the village. And, you know, it's like a Greenwich village or something like that. Well, I have this story, yeah. and I'm sharing it for the first time. I've shared it to many other people because it was personal to me. It was in my home. Uh, my father's coming home from the council meeting. I believe it was the first one because that was like the big deal. You don't know how much how honored he was to be in your presence because, man, you, you let him come into this country to be free, and then he gets to be part of something, an island that shares shores with Havana poetically. And he's on the south side of in, on Mashta, so... He believes those waves were bouncing off his seawall and bouncing off Malecon. So for him to be part of the founding of a city in America was like the biggest deal in the world. And I remember my mom saying, well, make it so. Peter and Paul were fishermen. This should be the village. And she said, "If I remember the hallway. She was already in her 90s. You know, she was heading for, you don't want to hear any more of my dad talking about the politics. And she was, you know, I'll never forget, I was at the dining room table. And my dad is saying this thing about what happened today in the charter. And she goes, well, make it so. Peter and Paul were fishermen, the disciples of Christ. Therefore, this should be the village. And that's all I knew about the story after that. It's whatever you guys say. But I remember that day. Well, it sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds it, great. It certainly resonated with, with all five of us. Yes. I mean, yeah, we didn't want to be a town or a city. Yeah. No, there yeah. was no, no, no dissension negative on discussion that. on that at all. Oh, fantastic. So there is, a, uh, is there anything you feel like you that you saw larger cities had that you had to remove from our village charter, uh, like a cut and paste kind of thing? Or was that template, do you use more than one template? Did the steward provide more than one that you can compare to and you just cut and paste kind of, or no? We started with one template and we just, we used that. Again, we kind of used it as, I think of it like as an index. We, it, 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 it had you know, the various articles deal, dealing with all of the fundamentals of a local government. Um, I don't recall, though, ever uh, anything ever coming up and saying, you know, for example, well, the city of Miami does it this way. So we don't want to do it. And so we want to do it the polar opposite way. 
Um, I, I, I always felt like most of the discussion at the council was was focused more on the unique nature of this community versus, uh, you know, how do they do it? You know, they, they don't we don't like that. We want to do it a different way. Yeah. So it wasn't ne positive, negative. It was just all in one, one for all kind of mentality among the among the five of you. Oh, I no. need to mention to the audience, uh, uh, Betty, Ed, Luis Laredo, my father, and uh, Michael, Michael Hill, Hill were the five gentlemen. So, ladies for the audience, <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies thank you. And uh, yeah, that's a quite a feminist move on your part, Betty. Uh, yeah, it's. It, it, that's a good uh, foray for a question. Nice segue here. What did what did it feel like as a, a a young lady dealing with young gentlemen as the only woman on the on the charter writing committee? No, well, obviously it was a tremendous honor, very very wonderful honor. I felt thrilled to be a part of it, and and you know, everybody had kept their manners, and everybody was just very uh, statesmanlike, I suppose. No, there weren't any male chauvinists, no. I have to say. Really? <laughs> no, they were all very, very, Jeez. very nice. So um, I can't go home to say we that. We all worked but. well together, I felt. so. Because my, my dad was a very macho man, so he was a very mild-mannered gentleman those nights. Yeah, because well, he, you know, he's just they didn't look Cuban down man, on me you know? as a woman, I will say Did he ever that. pound the table? <laughs> Did my dad ever pound the table saying, do a Noriega or, you know, pound the table? Nothing like that? No. I, I don't think anybody ever did, uh, to be honest with you. Yeah. Cool. That means. I that mean, we had discussions on yeah. the issues, and and you know everybody was free to give their opinion very strongly, but nobody got mad at each other. <laughs> that's so. That's such a beautiful thing. And the audience, who's listening, please take that as a word of advice. Mellow out at the council chambers. You know, the stop the the hollering. I mean, I've been up there on that podium. I've been annoyed, and I've seen my recordings. Man, I've always behaved. I've never. I find it very, very important for people to get elected, and I honor them even if I disagree with them. I know, I know it's it's not easy to be elected in a community. It's a really thankless job, and what you did was very thankless too. So it's very nice that uh, you think they would have changed today if, if there was a Facebook or a Facebook Live and you guys were all together, in you know, with cameras on you. You think that changes? I do notice that in criminal court. Like the O.J. Simpson trial, when there's a camera present, the judge acts up, the the juror, uh, not the juror, the, the witnesses act differently. The, the, the unfortunately, the prosecutors and the other attorneys are making like their day in court. You know, do you believe that your privacy was uh, sanctimony when it came to writing the charter? Because there wasn't, there wasn't huge groups. It wasn't really open to the public. Or it oh, was, it was open. Every meeting was. So there was always people there. The there were always people there, yeah. and it was always videotaped and replayed on a. So on you, a in essence, loop you felt like social media right. was active anyway. Yeah. Well, it wasn't televised like no. our meetings now are televised. It, it, it was recorded. It was recorded and played throughout the day on the cable channel. So there, so no one in the public uh, had any outbursts, or uh, did they ever make suggestions? That would be a. Uh, that would oh, be certainly. Yeah. Yeah, you would hear they would come to a microphone and stuff like that. Yes, we had people come to the microphone and speak. Yeah. Yeah. And give their, you know, give their opinion. Probably the debt cap was maybe the biggest thing that we discussed the most or had yeah, different that, opinions. Certainly that was the most unique, I think, provision in the charter that we dealt with. Um, and there was no template. There was nothing, there was nothing in the template no. that dealt with a debt cap. We, we really created that out of whole cloth. So that's, that's a beautiful thing because it showed great vision, especially in today's governments where we live in a deficit government world. And national elections are being stirred by federal governments writing off checks to broken cities. Here, fix your stuff. Vote for us. That's that's a horror story. And do we have uh, a situation where I believe that this might be a concern of yours, Betty, that this community would change so much as that they would want a strong mayor government instead of a strong manager form of government? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because that certainly was the first thing we had to decide was what form of government. And uh, <clears throat> obviously, we picked the council manager form of government. And that can have many interpretations. I mean, it's the best way from everything I've read and experienced. You really need a strong professional manager because the manager is like the CEO of a company. And they are to really carry out the wishes of the council. And 
on the council, the mayor is not a strong mayor. He is duly to represent the village when, you know, there are official things and signed documents. And I do worry about that. <laughs> I worry about the strong, the, our, our mayor becoming too strong. I feel like there can be abuses, and I think we need to watch out for that because I think it's much better when they're equal. This this was the meaning of the council manager form of government, not to have a strong mayor. And there's some things, there's one provision that concerns me a little bit, that the mayor is allowed to appoint the boards or the committees, but with the approval of the council. But different mayors have done it different ways. And most, as I recall, I won't say that I recall all of them, but generally they would ask the other council people to turn in names of people that they would like to see on these boards. And then the mayor would very seriously consider those and oftentimes usually appoint some of them. But now an example is this vision committee that we see very much in operation now. Now it is, this is the second year that it's been in operation. And there were seven, when it came up for renewal, 17 people, residents, really some very outstanding, well-qualified people applied. But the decision was made by the mayor that because of COVID, the other committee had not really been able to fulfill what they wanted to do. So he did not pick any new people. And it's the same people that were appointed before. And and this is a, just a concern in a small community. Sometimes there's tendencies to pick, you know, the pick click. your friends the and click, pick the, the click. The click in the council becomes very obvious. And it to me, it's sad because we have so many qualified, wonderful residents and anxious to participate. But if they feel, you know, that they don't have a chance or they're left out, then it doesn't happen. And also the animosity, the animosity when that person is part of a losing team of candidates or lost themselves in a recent election, they'll never get picked by the people who won. <laughs> that's also that's a, a small, small yes. mind, small town right, realities. Right, right. And you feel the same way? Yeah, I, I, I probably don't follow it as closely as, as Betty does. Um, I, what I would say, though, in, in following up on the points Betty made is the uh, the re in order to address the concerns she just articulated to some degree, you know, the mayor's term is two years, the maximum service of a mayor is four years versus the council members who ter their terms are four years and their maximum continuous period is, of service is eight years. And, you know, we had, I think, fairly unanimous, if not totally unanimous, uh, belief that we did not want a strong mayor. We wanted, we wanted an executive who was a yeah, paid Profes gun. Professional administrator. Paid CEO. Um, and um, I believe that has worked out certainly quite well for the village. And, um, uh, you know, we've had what, five or six managers now. They, they obviously come and go. Um, but uh, to me, that balance uh, uh, has worked out pretty well. And, and again, the, the specific provisions for the mayoral terms were were arrived at to kind of address that and to minimize the the uh, potential sort of contentiousness. Well, and and and, and, a, and a mayor who becomes a strong mayor just through force of personality or whatever because they're going to turn over much more quickly and have a much shorter tenure. Plus, they're not being paid, so it could really be terrible, quite frankly, because you got to dedicate a too much. If you're going to be a strong mayor, you got to dedicate a lot of time to it, yeah. and that would kind of throw ethics and scruples out of the window because they're not being paid and they're taking too much too much of their personal time and therefore they could cloud their judgment in terms of managing the city well and and you know dade county had the strong manager uh, weak mayor system until the county charter was amended many many years ago yeah, i think it was under alex Pinellas, i and, believe and now, yeah and now they have this the elected strong mayor the the you know, manager is nowhere uh, really uh, in a position of relevance. And very contentious county well, commission. Well, it, it, it makes all administrative decisions political. Yes. Versus uh, administrative decisions being based on what is administratively most feasible.
Now, in the case of Rickenbacker, did that benefit us? Since Kava was strong mayor and she, it, well, the politics weren't in her favor to proceed with this, you know, unsolicited bid? Good question, huh? Well, Very good question. I, I have no idea. Because the next, the next question would be, because uh, in the end, where I personally, uh, sitting here in the, on the radio, I'd like to discourage that. And so the vision committee even thinks of having a strong mayor. You're hearing it right from here from the founders and as well as founders of the charter, because we always want to give credence to Don Berg, uh, Bill Croisdale, and Richard Cromarty, correct? Right. Who were the real visionaries. And Helen White. And Helen, and Helen White. White. And Absolutely. Helen White. Yeah, I didn't get to meet Helen. I was, uh, I was Oh, I young. knew her very well. She was a wonderful community activist in many, many areas. Okay, so now you made me my antenna go up. Can we talk about the trees being knocked down in front of the, our Boston Tea Party? Were you involved at all, or no? You were watching from afar. Uh, but I know the, that Betty was right there. The tennis center. I think I remember seeing a picture of her laying in front of a bulldozer. <laughs> <laughs> Betty in her Tiananmen Square. She stood in front of her, the bulldozer. Um, so tell us, Betty. Uh, that day, I do remember the day, and as I told you previously, I do remember Pat Kilgore. And she was uh, on her bike riding around. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. tell me what happens in the morning. What, okay, well, what happened? It was a Sunday morning. Oh, by the way, the audience has to understand that while we already discussed the contentious nature of incorporating, there's sometimes events in our lives propel us to move in one direction or another and get naysayers to start believing in something. And in this case, it was a day that uh, the tennis center was being developed and then they had to, I think, create an overpass. And that's why they bulldozed. They wanted to, yes. yes. And that, go ahead. And then okay, the, well, this doesn't have anything to do with the charter. So yeah, it does, it, but it's part of our incorporation. And I want to go back a little bit after we say this, but actually, I, this is a story I, I, I really do love to tell this story because, I don't know, it's so it really historical. Happened. <laughs> it's so historical. It's, it's true. It really happened. But uh, we were talking about how people were, uh, they didn't even want to have this elected council that had no taxing power. They were so afraid of the idea. They thought it was going to lead to incorporation, and they really were afraid. So uh, the Citizens for Responsive Government had set up the election. But honestly, it was very in doubt that we were going to win that election. So what happened, one Sunday morning, this was in November, I don't know if you all remember Mabel Miller. She's a wonderful environmentalist. She worked at the... Uh, nature center out here she taught all the fifth graders throughout dade county but she was really a, a spark as an environmentalist and then the other person was joe podgore who at the time was head of the friends of everglades a very wonderful environmental group but mabel calls me she says they're cutting down the trees on crandon boulevard we have to stop this so i leaped out of bed and <laughs> rushed down to Crandon and sure enough that's what they were doing and and it, it did a lot of things we had no warning of that and it's a Sunday morning and they're doing this and they, they now this is right in the entrance of the tennis center not necessarily yes. Crandon in our in right our, right these beautiful so, like, you, so the, the word out was the trees are coming down at the tennis center because it means that you have to go out there because it's not really Crandon Boulevard per se it's well, it's in the median okay. of Crandon Boulevard, right across so from the Crandon tennis center. So Crandon Boulevard is in front of the tennis center? That's already it, starts it, Crandon, yeah, or the, is that still Rickenbacker? The, the area where uh, people attending the tennis tournament yeah. would walk across right. Crandon right. Boulevard. So it's where those tracks... Oh, so that is still called Crandon it, Boulevard. Oh, yeah. I think Crandon so, Boulevard yeah. Oh, cool. See, I, I love to learn things. I, I always assumed that that was Rickenbacker Causeway until you get to the city, per se. Yeah. So, yeah, that's considered right Crandon. Right okay. traffic lights are. But so anyway, literally, we go charging down there, and sure enough, the bulldozers, and literally, we did. The three of us, we said, stop. And they said, look, they have their permit. You can go to jail. You have no right to stop them. And we said, well, if we go to jail, it's okay. We'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll get somebody to bail us out or yeah, whatever. whatever. So we stuck to our guns, and they stopped. And it was kind of the first victory we'd had because we'd lost every zoning case with the with the you know county commission and everything. But what happened is we got started getting a lot of press because, look, we don't own that area. That's for everybody in town that wants to come out, and and you know it's it's public. So we decided we would, and this was Mabel's idea. She was so smart. She said, "We'll have an event." So we had this event. We all met in Calusa Park. And we had kids with 
baby carriages and uh, older people with canes, and we had tons of people all at Calusa, and we had a stick with a yellow flag that represented each tree that had been cut down. So we marched down Crandon Boulevard to the site, and we had speakers, and we had, you know, people talking about how awful it was. What, what a they photo were shot doing. that was! Yeah, huh? yeah. So we had the Miami Herald and uh, it's jo- like a graveyard jo- for trees. Joan Gilblank. You guys turned them into tombstones. No, she was she was giving the history of these trees. <laughs> these had been destroyed. You know how awful it was, and and it was it, what it did. It turned the tide on Key Biscayne. For, to vote for our elected council because they realized the county was not going to look out for us and they had done this without notifying us. So we so they continue <laughs> to this so day. I, yeah, they tell us stuff. You know, the bid was a perfect example. Unsolicited bid, all of a sudden. What? 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 Where? Yeah. You know what I so, find really ironic is that after that beautiful story, Andrew came and wiped everything out anyway. Right? Remember how the median was? Well, I could it, see cars on the, both sides of the median uncranded. Well, life is just unbelievable. You know, really, is a bowl of pitch. You got to remind yourself all the time that you ate the cherries already. <laughs> it's just but like they only knocked, it only knocked down the trees that didn't have a very good root system, yeah. like the pines and the state oh, and those park. Two, uh, the two giant malalukas there in that circle. I remember those things were tipped oh, over. They, they were, were put. Okay. They were put them back. I know people have taken pictures. And the, the root system was twice their size, maybe even three times oh, their wow. size. Oh, wow, yeah. Because those Malucas are so enormous, but they really don't go deep, you know. So, in finality, we have five more minutes. Uh, go ahead. you got something you, you want to tell us. Come on, Betty, go for it. <laughs> You're coming in stereo here well, on you, I Got a Notice by everybody. To, WSQF 94.5. concerns. Is yes. it okay if I ask Absolutely. <laughs> and this is a big moment for this station, by the way. I'm, I'm thrilled that you guys are here. And I'm really, really impressed that Ed's here, too, because, you know, Ed, every time I talk to him, he's like, looking at me, man, you're going to just keep on talking. I got to go work out. You know? <laughs> and he's very patient with me because I'm riding with him in the golf cart. He's just walking from his house to the community center. Oh, here goes Manny. He's got something to say. And he's very, thank you very much. And I appreciate you coming into the studio. It's, fr- it's very cool. I'm hoping this station survives way beyond me. So, you know, Ed's, this is a big moment. Ed's son and my granddaughter were born on the same day in the same hospital. Wow. <laughs> Yep, South Miami. Uh, right. Yeah, my daughter was born in South Miami. A pediatric ward, and I'm walking down the hall, and I see Betty walking down the hall. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Very, very cool. And yeah. now they're 27 years old. <laughs> I know. That's right. They're adults. They're adults. So go ahead. Okay. Uh, I'm kind of concerned about our our current council. You're talking about, like, the RFP, because they were very slow to respond. And very 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 slow and i was very very i feel like in a way they're abdicating some of their responsibilities and individuals are meeting without permission from the council or without reporting back to the council well it's my understanding in the rfp uh bernard siskovich uh, acknowledges having spoken on more than one occasion with our mayor and our manager and it's in the document and gene stearns Oh, and Gene, too, was kept abreast. Well, I no, no, he announced at a commission meeting. It wasn't a regular meeting. It was a, I forget, but it was a commission meeting publicly. He said... In Dade County. It was in Dade County. And Bernie said, I am so surprised at what I'm hearing from Key Biscayne about my RFP because I've been meeting with their mayor and with Gene Stearns, and I was under the impression that the residents were in favor of this RFP. And believe me, I was very shocked at that and Hell very no. concerned <laughs> and very concerned because I don't remember them being appointed or I don't re- certainly don't remember them reporting back to the council. And this just isn't the way the process is supposed to work. And it, it, it's upsetting, very upsetting. Well, the present me. mayor, Davey, he said at, I don't know if it's, I think it's the second meeting with Raquel, he said he was in Africa. And that led me to believe that he that he's hearing it for the first time. If he says it in that context, it turns out that there, he had some knowledge before he went to Africa that this was an unsolicited bid that was gaining speed. When I spoke on a Zoom call to the county commission live, I realized, my God, it's a bicyclist campaign. Everybody who was talking before us were bikers, 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 not motorcycle bikers, bicyclists. Right. And that's when I said... You know what? Let us manage the Rickenbacker Causeway. 
you guys can't accuse us of not being able to do it because you guys can't do it. You guys pilfer all the money that comes off the toll. And I think we should manage it so that we could lay it to rest. You know, that we get well, always we get in and out of our Well, we have a issue before us now. How, how are we going to manage it or who's going to manage it? How are we going to manage it? It's a huge issue. I would shift the whole $100 million bucks that you were willing to spend on that. <laughs> you know, I wasn't for the $100 million, but now that the voters voted for it handsomely, I was, I voted no. Ah, uh, my God. If you could float some kind of bond to get a boring company to come down here, that's, I gotta say, I, I, everybody knows my idea and everybody's laughing at it, but I don't find it funny. I, I believe we should be going under the bay, us as residents, and popping up here. We could care less what goes on at Rickenbacker. <laughs> and uh, Elon Musk has got a company that does it for half the price that the other. And I have some personal knowledge of this because I have a family member, my sister-in-law, my, my older brother Robert's wife. She negotiated the Port of Miami dig. So I have comparison costs there that I can, ha I'm privy to. Hey man, I always got the big the big idea on, the, on my side. You know what I mean? Uh, well, you I have to have dreamers. You have to have yeah, dreamers. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it would. Uh, the first time I saw that my tunnel idea, it was at the Tokyo Olympics, at Barrier Islands. I recall that people in Tokyo go underneath the bay to these little islands that they had, where the equestrian competition was occurring, from mainland Tokyo, and you just see the cars go whoop pop back up on this little island and go attend these things. And he said, if they can do it, why can't we, you know? And we don't have to worry about concerts on Rickenbacker. It's, no. just, it's just a question of money. Yeah, right. You it's said just, it. It's just funny. <laughs> yeah, $100 million wouldn't do it. It's a false well, then they're talking virtual. about a, a overpass at the beginning, too. And all these things sound fabulous, but there is the Very question expensive. of money. It's amazing. There's been deaths at that entrance of the Mass Academy. It's amazing that didn't come the overpass didn't come with the development of, of our portion. That's, uh, that's that, that nerve-wracking, don't see around the corner leader that drives me crazy. When you can't see around the corner, man, you're kind of like, you know, uh, just ignoring your duty. Your, your duty is to be elected, represent us, but man, see around the corner. Because the average person is just holding their jobs, funding their families, uh, raising children. The average mom and dad can't be seeing around the corner. That's what you elect your elected officials for. And you guys are accredited for sitting around the corner when you're writing the charter. So well, in our final statements, you guys, uh, Ed looks like he's dying to have a closing statement. Go ahead, Ed. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not, a, I'm not dying to have a closing statement. <laughs> given a microphone, I can always find something to say. Yeah. Um, first of all, thank you for, for having me. And, and uh, uh, always good to see Betty and, and, and reminisce about our time on the council. Um, I think, uh, you know, with the benefit now of 20, what is it, seven years of hindsight or however long it's been since we actually incorporated. 30. 30 years now. <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun. Right. Um, it, it, it has worked out quite well, probably better than we would have thought when we were attending those 20 meetings and putting together a charter. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, there have been some uh, some changes to iron out some administrative flaws. I don't really believe there's been a material change to what we came up with 30 years ago. I agree. Um, and uh, I, I've yet to see any reason from from my perspective that it needs to be in any way materially changed. Amen. So I'm glad of that. I'm glad about that. Uh, thank you and congratulations uh, because it is a moment uh, I'm sure that you are very proud of. I'm very proud of you. Uh, I, I've always felt enlightened to be a part of this in, in the way I was. For me, it was very moving. Uh, I, I wish this city the, the greatest things because we definitely have earned the right to have a, a great life. And I don't believe Dade County provides that. I think we provide that to, e to each other as Village of Kiva Scanners. Uh, I'm also frightened by my generation coming up with voodoo ideas and as time goes by more scared about my generation kind of messing with uh the real vision of the island uh, so it's your turn betty <clears throat> well i just think you know you go through so many phases and and you think there you've got to be just totally cuckoo and crazy and but somehow we've come through it 
and that's my hope that that reason will will determine really what happens with the kids and everything in the future. And I think we're just so lucky to live on Key Biscayne, and we have such a great opportunity to have a fabulous, fabulous place. And I, I do worry, as I said, about our council, and I think it could be better, and I'm hoping it will be better, but uh, I've been very thrilled to be a part of the whole process. And again, I think we're lucky to live here and, and the friendships and relationships and that we all have out here are just very special. And you don't find that in most neighborhoods. You go to a big yeah. city, you don't find that. We're, well, we're the, very, the very famous, special. The, the very famous mantra or the best cliche I can think of that describes us as Key Biscayne, and I really believe it's probably the only place in the United States, maybe there are other places like this, but man, we're not only a community, you know, but a personality. And there's something you become when you move here. And if you live here long enough, and some people who go away get it when they come back they realize, wow, I took my Keepers Game personality to wherever I went to go live and it didn't work out so well. And they come back here and maybe not come back to live, but they really feel it again. And uh, so I, we all have you all to thank. And we're going to give some credit to Luis Laredo as well, even though he was there in Ghost. And hopefully we can do this again. Um, I'm hoping that maybe uh, we can have him join us and uh, relive Paradise Found. So this will be the end of the show. You're listening to WSQF 94.5 with the Charter Revision Committee members. And I can't thank them enough. So I always end with, stay free, my friends. We're living in the greatest country in the world. Take care.